morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg. As today, in 2019, we talk about and put a bow and a tie and wrap up college football as we speak about the national championship in which the Clemson Tigers took on the Alabama Crimson Tide. And let me tell you something. Everybody went into this game, I know I did at least, feeling like this is going to be a typical performance, that of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, because Alabama, they're not human beings. They're a machine over there. And I thought it was going to be competitive maybe at first. But then it was just going to be something where Alabama was just going to suffocate them to death. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, was I wrong. The number two ranked Clemson Tigers beat the Crimson Tide 44-16. And not only did they beat them, it was early in the second quarter. I would say first possession. Alabama kicked a field goal for their 16th point in the game, and that was it. We're talking two and a half quarters of pure dominance by the Clemson Tigers, who, by the way, became the first team to go 15-0 since I can't even remember. I mean, 15-0. Remember back in the day, 12-0 meant you were a national champion? You were, you were a national champion? 15-0. Now, you're talking 17 games in the NFL. People want to talk about these college players aren't ready for the NFL. They play 15 games in college, and they got to go to class. But any hoot, let's get back to this national championship football game. I mean, um, like I said, Clemson was dominant, and they're not going anywhere for at least two more years. And I got two reasons. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross. Trevor Lawrence, a true, not a red shirt. A red shirt means your freshman year you don't play. So although sophomore year, you are academically a sophomore. In terms of eligibility, you are a freshman. That's what a redshirt means. When they say true freshman, that means last year he was going to the prom and said, I'm out. I got to go to college. Trevor Law, a true freshman, went 20 for 32, 347 yards, and three touchdowns against a Nick Saban-led defense. And to boot on third downs, in which the Tigers went 10 for 15, Mr. Trevor Lawrence would had 240 of his 347 passing yards. Yes. He's only, and some of these throws, they were NFL, I'm about to get hit. Let me just kick and throw it up in the air. And I mean, Justin Ross is the second reason why Clemson isn't going anywhere for a while. I have some bad news for people in Alabama. Justin Ross is from Alabama. Yes, he's a freshman wide receiver from Phoenix City, Alabama. Visited both Clemson and Alabama, but decided to go with Clemson because with so much change in the coaching structure that's going on at Alabama, he didn't want to go to the school and feel like in a year or two his position coach would be gone. And that's something to pay attention to with the Alabama Crimson Tide because it just feels like every year there's either a new defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator. Not that it's a bad thing because, you know, when you succeed at Alabama, that means you're ready for any type of challenge. 
But in this case, Justin Ross, receiver, chose Clemson due to the stability and the family-like atmosphere that Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson, brings with the uh, Tigers. Now, Mr. Justin Ross had six receptions for 153 yards and one touchdown. One, a long 72-yard touchdown and a couple Beckhamish type grabs. When I say Beckhamish, I mean one-handed. How did he catch that? Let's play it again in slow motion type of catches. So just know that those guys are going to be around for two more years. Now, yes, that defensive line that was so dominant in this game with Cleland Furl and Christian Wilkins, who are both going to be first-round draft picks, along with the other two guys. I mean, that whole defensive line of Clemson is going in the first round. So they're going to lose their defensive line and offensive line, and you hate hearing that because that's usually the heart and soul of your team. But if you have skill position players that could really get busy in a nice secondary, which the Clemson Tigers will be returning, you can work around and scheme and Clemson, they're recruiting big time over there. So it's not like, you know, they're going to be putting in guys that can't play. They're at the point where it's, look, we're not developing. We're just reloading. I mean, they, yes, they're developing, but they're just reloading with the talent. But let's get to the game here. Now, um, for me, when I was watching this game, off of, I think it was the first or second play of the game, Tua Tiger Viola threw a pick six. Now, it was one of those interceptions where it was pressure in terms of the cornerback was blitzing off the edge. Received, You could tell that the defensive backs were sitting on the routes knowing that the ball had to come out quickly. And it was one of those, he just threw it. The, def- the cornerback beat the receiver to the spot, caught the ball, took it in for a stand-up pick six. At that point, you're thinking, all right, look, this is Alabama. Nobody thought that this was going to be a shutout, so they got to play. Second possession, Alabama gets the ball. They get a, what was it? It was a 62-yard touchdown pass to Jerry Judy. So now you're thinking 7-7. Okay, this is exactly what you thought. But then you just felt like with the second and all the possessions that Clemson had, that Alabama defense really never got to suffocate Clemson and really get a hold of what Clemson was doing because a lot of what Alabama does defensively is they just play simple but execute perfectly what they want to do and they just make it so hard once they know what you're doing to do anything. But it just felt like the deep ball from Trevor Lawrence, the decision-making by Trevor Lawrence, the arm strength by Trevor Lawrence, and just the ability to stand in the pocket, have some pocket presence, know when to just maybe slide to your left, step up in the pocket a little bit. Just that awareness that you only get from experience, which is truly amazing to say that he's a freshman having experience like this against a, a Nick Saban defense was really, really impressive. And he was excellent against this defense where Alabama did not know what to do in terms of how to pressure or how to stop the pass attack because it felt like whenever Alabama wanted to stop the pass, they would, the Clemson Tigers I'm speaking of, would run just enough just to keep the defense honest and the deep ball really exposed that secondary. I mean, I don't want to say that the defense is not good, But going into this game, you could see that this wasn't one of Alabama's best defenses. But that's not to say that they're not talented. They have a ton of five-star players along that defense. But 
Alabama being, there's no other way to say it, the factory that they are, churning in players year in and year out and guys leaving year in and year out to go to the NFL, that has to take a toll on your system. And I think that this year you finally began to see that where you had everybody that was starting in the secondary were first-year starters. And usually when you're talking about a defensive line at Alabama, you're talking about a couple guys on the line. You're talking about a couple first-round draft picks that are going to be linebackers. And it just felt like other than Quinnen Williams, there's nobody else in that front seven that you really felt like could dominate the game. It felt like it needed to be schemed for Alabama to do it. And maybe just the youth, and I don't want to say inexperience, but maybe just it's their first time starting and maybe – they just weren't prepared. I don't want to say prepared. That's the wrong word. Maybe the stage was a little bit too big for them, starting for the first time that year. And you could be prepared, but it's like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan once you get punched in the mouth. And let me tell you something. Alabama, they weren't throwing punches. They were throwing uppercups in. They weren't throwing jabs. They were throwing haymakers and connecting. And it, it it just feels like this Alabama team wasn't your classic Nick Saban, we're just going to just choke you to death defensively. Now, offensively, it did feel weird seeing this game. It, it, I mean, it, Alabama rushed for 148 yards in this game, but it didn't feel like one of those, we're just going to keep running and you're not going to have anything to, 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 to say about it. It felt like they wanted to pass a lot. And Taga Viola, this is the sophomore quarterback where last year as a freshman came in, lit it up against Georgia, and helped win the national title. In this game, he went 22 for 34, 294, um, sorry, 295 yards, two TDs and two interceptions. I mentioned the one pick six, but the second one that he threw, you're beginning to see traits and tendencies and look he's a young player he's a sophomore so there's going to be things that you could get coached up on but you can see that Tua likes to stare down the receiver he loves the deep ball he really is going to grip it and rip it and go deep because the second interception was one in which they had a spread formation they had a receiver at the bottom of the screen running a nice little in the slot receiver and this is against the zone defense, runs past his defender. Now, there's a little hole there, but it needed to be a perfect throw. By the time Tua let the ball go, you had the cornerback, a safety, and another cornerback all in the vicinity. Now, could the play have been made? It needed to be one of those those Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady-ish type throws. And it wasn't that, and it got picked off, whereas there was a guy wide open in that formation. You could tell that the game plan from the Clemson Tigers was to blitz Taga Viola, but also mix up the pressure and the coverage, meaning that they wanted to blitz on certain downs to get him to speed up the thought process. But then when they wanted to just maybe coverage and fool him they went with zone on a couple looks they went with man on a couple other looks and that defensive line as I mentioned before all four of those guys are going to the NFL they all need to be double teamed and that offensive line by Alabama they had a hard they struggled I don't want to say they didn't get the job done they just had they struggled last night against that that uh Clemson front 
And, you know, when you look at what Clemson did offensively, the ability to hit the long ball, they hit a 74-yard pass to Justin Ross, the freshman, for a touchdown. They hit T. Higgins for a 62-yard touchdown pass. We're talking over the top here, meaning you're blowing the top off the coverage, and that leaves everything over underneath where Trevor Lawrence were, was finding the play. You're finding um, Hunter Renfro for a couple receptions. And my man, Travis Etienne, I don't know if it's official, but all my Haitians know what the last name is. Etienne, he had a good game rushing. He went 14 for 86, two rushing touchdowns, and a reception for a touchdown. And he's not going anywhere either. He's a sophomore. So you get one more year of him. So for all those Clemson Tiger haters, I mean, I don't want to say the tide has turned in where Alabama is done and Clemson are the new big dogs on the block. I believe that Clemson will be back next. I mean, Alabama will be back next year. They're probably going to have, at this point, they do have the number one recruiting class. But when after signing day is done, they probably still will have the number one recruiting class. So what we saw tonight is probably going to be a rematch next year. More players. You have the quarterback and the receivers for Alabama returning. It's going to be very interesting. But back to what happened in this game. It also felt like for the first time in a long time, Alabama players are looking around like, yo, it's 31-16. We're not doing what we do. What's going on right now? And Bama had some miscues in this game. In the third quarter, On uh, they needed to gain seven yards. They ran a fake field goal. You trying to run seven yards on a fake field goal? If you're trying to run a fake field goal, that's something you do like when it's fourth and one, something like that. If you need to get seven yards for a first down, get the offense back in there. As I mentioned, the two uh, turnovers with the uh, quarterback. And then in the fourth quarter, with 12 minutes to go, where you felt like this needs to be a possession where they have to score because if they don't score, the game is like, this is like the last pulse, where at least if they score a touchdown, stop and score again, you could see a pulse. It was a fourth down, fourth down attempt, and it was near the goal. I would say maybe on like the one or two yard line. Alabama got stuffed a couple times trying to run the ball. So on the fourth down, they try to run wide with the quarterback, and that gets stopped for a loss. And I don't want to say at that point, because like I said, it wasn't like Alabama was scoring after the second quarter, but you definitely felt like, man, Not only is Clemson going to win this game, but are they going to crack 50 on Alabama? It didn't happen, but at that point, you think, are they going to crack 50? This was a game where you also have to keep in mind, these teams have met for the past couple years. Let's not forget three years ago, national championship. You had Deshaun Watson play and lost. Then they had the rematch. That was the game where Hunter Renfro caught the game-winning touchdown pass with under, you know, 10 seconds to go, something like that. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. And then last year, you had Bama beating Clemson in the playoff. So these teams are accustomed and know what both teams wants to do. 
And this goes back to my point of the turnover with the Crimson Tide. You had a senior-laden defensive line in which they've been playing against Bama since they were freshmen. You had a senior-laden offensive line who've been blocking this defense since they were freshmen. And you had a lot of first-time starters for Alabama where it's one thing to know what to do, but there's something to be said about experience. It's something that you can't learn. It's just a comfortability that you get. And I think that was really the deciding factor in the game because you could tell that Bama looked at Clemson like they're not scared of us. We really got a fight on our hands. And Clemson, they had the eye of we're not scared. We know what to do. It's all about executing. We're not scared of the big, bad Crimson Tide. And that to me, that was the biggest takeaway in the game. Now, with everybody losing, and I'm losing, the losses that Clemson is going to endure with these senior classes, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Interesting game, great game, but it just felt like you were waiting for Alabama to come back, and it just never happened. Never happened. But, like I said, it's one of those matches where it's going to be, see you next year, because... Trust me, these teams will meet next year in the finals. Again. Again. But anyway, that's all for my thoughts that I have on the national championship game. Thank you um, for listening, like I said at the beginning. I will end my episode with a positive quote like I do all the time. For this positive quote, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. New beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.